Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 649. Science Faction Earthquakes and Narcissists. They're both scary things, to be sure. I mean, yes, we had. A, I mean, all politicians are narcissists to some extent, but I mean, we 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 saw what somebody who takes their narcissism up to eleven can do to uh, to world stability. A hundred percent, they can cause earthquakes. Yeah, exactly. They they, they cause <laughs> foundational stability. That's what you know. I do think it's funny because these are obviously two very separate science articles. But like, if you really were a really bad narcissist and you were angry, like really pissed at your wife, like the day of the big Turkey Syrian earthquake. I wonder if in your head you're like, yeah, that's right. That's what happens. Yeah, because you know what? Her grandma's from Turkey. That's probably my anger is manifesting in the world, taking revenge on her. (laughs) Shitting on Turkey. Typical EU move. Typical. (laughs) I mean, if you can't get along with a man as civil as Erdogan. I don't know. Uh, exactly. Oh, dear. And speaking of the Erdogan of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist. Fucking agree. Ro- <laughs> Fucking ag- <laughs> done. Nailed Robert, it. Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is the, I I don't know, what's the name of the Belarusian leader? I, whatever it is, the comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. David, how are you doing this I afternoon? Prefer, by, like- by the way, allowing... Russian uh, troop advances from your territory into Ukraine. How are you doing tonight? I, I think I'm more like the because uh, I think the guy running Belarus is like seems like more competent. I consider myself more like the Chechenian guy who's like big on social media and just invites yeah. over fighters and everything. <laughs> like like uh, I like I'm that guy, you know. Like hey, oh, hey look at me, I'm tough. I'm uh, here's Justin Justin Gate the G, right? Am I right? <laughs> To be fair, that guy has sent, like, a ton of Chechen shock troops into Ukraine as well. So, I mean, the analogy still stands. Yes, that man is a despot who has contributed to the war. I think, like, he lost his top general uh, to to American weapon systems. By the way, like like uh, when I was in the army, fun fact. Well, I've been I've been uh, I've been uh, uh, watching a lot of videos of reports for the front line, and like sure. when I was in the army, like we looked at Russia as the big bad guy. Yeah, you know, like I I was saying this just the other day to my to my dad. I was like, I remember we grew up during the Cold War. At least the first part of our lives were, and, and like I remember thinking of the Russians. Like, even after the fall of the, the Soviet Union, I remember thinking of them as a scary thing. They had more nukes than us by, like, a factor of 10. They had, like, 5,000 nukes. You know, they were they were crazy, and they were fucking, I don't know, Ivan Drago. Like, I, I <laughs> thought the Russians were terrifying and competent, and they had spies everywhere, and they were really, really smart, and they were fucking chess masters and wrestling masters, and, like, they seemed like this unknown agent of, like, competent terrifyingness. And, like, now you you're watching them and they're like, well, we're out of guns, so we're just going to attack them with these sharpened sticks. And it's like, what? You're just, it's a human meat grinder. Yeah, I, I, it's its its nuts. They had like, they basically are like getting like, hey, we got guys who look tough. Uh, yeah, they're like street yeah. toughs. Yeah, street gangs, Jets and Sharks type stuff. Yeah, we're, yeah. and then we're going to march them into machine gun fire. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the fact is like they're throwing guys against a problem. Like we we're the richest nation in the world and we don't have health care. We don't have health care because we have such badass weapons that you're marching your soldiers into. That's right. 
That's right. Oh, and if you would like to march some soldiers into some badass weapons, go ahead and check out our Patreon. And we can search Robert Timothy on Patreon. You get an extra episode of Science Faction every single week. Uh, you guys might have gotten a taste of that last week when they all got to hear what I think was our absolute best ever I Call BS game. Not just because of the theme and the fact that it worked out perfectly, but... Uh, Still really patting myself on the back of a PP in my Coke joke. Oh, I see. That's I was wondering because they all kind of run together like days in hell. Like remember one day in hell? You know, like it's it all kind of runs together to me that I remembered, oh that's right. Bobby stole my PP in my Coke thing. That's not my thing, but I'm the one who brought that grade school fucking rhyme years ago and you called me a fucking monster for it. And here we are. <laughs> Oh dear, we're all monsters deep inside, so let's get right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. Especially when everybody knows that people of Asian descent prefer Pepsi. It's a common nobody stereotype. Prefer, nobody prefers Pepsi. Don't don't you slander <laughs> the good Asian people of this world by saying something like that about them. Pepsi is such a good soda that it gets shit on. Like you're right, it's not Coke. It's like it's like like 0.2% less than Coke. But like as somebody who's like a soda connoisseur, like like Pepsi is is still a good soda. And like I like if I were like Pepsi's marketing guy, I'd give up. Like, like we're sorry, we're not Coke. That's our slogan. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, they're the same price. And so like when you go into, the, it's like somebody being like, hey, would you like to drive this Lexus or this Oldsmobile? And it's like, okay, Oldsmobiles work. They're fine cars. They're quite comfortable on this side. But you know what? I'll take the Lexus. It, it's the same fucking price. Why, why do restaurants have Oldsmobiles? Nope, nope, nope. You, you sound like my wife. My wife chastises me for coming home with Pepsi Zero as opposed to Coke Zero. Oh, my God. And I God. remind her oh that, when you buy the, that when you buy the 24-pack, it is literally $1.50 cheaper. Oh, my God. Yeah, I heard they have another dollar cheaper if it's just actually straight from the toilet. But, you know, I'm not going to buy that either. <laughs> Strong coming out swinging, Bobby. <laughs> Article number one. Oh, my fucking God, what the fuck happened in Turkey and Syria? Yeah, Jesus, what the fuck? Is, and I'm guessing there's just a ton of old construction possibly. Dude, we're going to get into it. There, <laughs> This is fucking so crazy. It is obviously so sad. Yeah, hearts go out to everybody who's affected by that. Who, by the way, we're going to cite death tolls. Keep in mind, death toll is not the only number we're talking about. That's literally just fatalities. Think how many people don't have homes. Think how many people don't have jobs, infrastructure, like... Even if your house didn't collapse, the houses of the people down the street collapsed, and those are the baker. Like, the, it's insane how devastating this is. The numbers will not encapsulate it, but the numbers are staggering. So we're gonna say we're gonna talk about them too. So obviously, a huge earthquake down uh, that affected both Turkey and Syria it was in Turkey, technically the, the epicenter, but near the Syrian border. Um, the death and injury tolls are staggering. St Staggering, as is the damage that's caused. At the time of this taping, 45,000 deaths related to this earthquake. 40, 
5,000. Keep in mind, again, just direct contributions. These aren't orphans who will later probably be more statistically likely to die because their parents died. Or like 45,000 individuals are under rubble. And by the way, that at the time, that's just the time of the recording, that's expected to increase significantly because there's a ton of collapsed apartment buildings and a ton of missing people. There are a number of states where 45,000 would make you like the biggest city in the state. That's 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 a huge amount of people. I mean, that's it's staggering. Like it's it's hard. It's one of those things where your brain doesn't quite understand how much that is to to die in the span of, you know, a day mostly. And then a few days afterwards, technically there was. And so we're going to talk about that. Why was there so many fatalities? Uh, What is going on, by the way, also at the time of this taping, there was just another six point three aftershock that will obviously do a lot of extra damage and not just that but these people are by the way you get you get like a ptsd when you live through something like this and so a lot of these people went back to their homes even the ones that weren't damaged and they are sleeping outside in tents because they are terrified of the roof coming down on them and by the way a 6.3 hitting weeks later doesn't help that fear dude we talk on our this show about you know biggest fears a lot of them are like stroke related but yeah i've never mentioned it but it has to be like honorable mention category those people Hmm. who are like trapped under rubble for 14 hours you, like that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. That has to be right up there. Yeah, and then the worst part is that dog that they they send in to come like uh, to find you. Like the 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 person sniffing dog gets in there, and like you can't get your hands to your face. So when he finds you, he's just doing that nuzzle dog lick thing. You can't you can't shield yourself, and you're gonna get pink eye. <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh, it smells like anal glands. Will somebody express this dog? Oh uh, man, yeah, I, it, it's so so devastating over there. The initial earthquake was a 7.8, and it struck at 4:15 a.m., which is one of the reasons there's such a high death toll. Everybody oh. was asleep, right? Like, if this would have been a couple hours later, when people were up and at them, and they're out at work and they're moving around the place, well, half those people are out outdoors. The other half are able to get out of doors pretty quickly. You don't have a 45k death toll. So one of them is the time that this struck, which was so early in the morning. Um, it was. Uh, friction in between the Anatolian and Arabian plates, but there's actually a trifecta of plates there. The North African plate is also there. So all of those kind of have, kind of have stresses going on. And what we think happened is that stress has been building up little by little at the actual contact point of those two tectonic plates and kind of getting stretched and stretched and stretched for probably a few hundred years. And it was just released suddenly. And that's where that initial 7.8 came. By the way, there was another like 7.7 aftershock nine hours later. I don't know if that's, I guess it's technically an aftershock, but like it's really just another giant earthquake basically coming to the, at the same place. And then again, we're talking about a 6.3 that just happened two hours before we taped this. I, I mean, you said it happened at 4 a.m. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. I, I'm in a bad mood if I haven't had my coffee. Jeez, let alone an earthquake happening. Jeez, I'm... Couldn't imagine how bad, bad a mood everybody was in. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is one of the saving graces of being the parent of like a one-year-old is that if there was an earthquake at 4.15, I'd be up with a baby in my hand in my living room. I'd be able to get out that door pretty damn quick. I've seen you move. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I remain skeptical. It's a small house, so <laughs> your wife. Your wife seems much more athletic. Uh, I yes, know she's she she's is. gonna. She's not gonna be able to support the uh, the weight of your at least your eldest son. Yeah. Um, no. Now we'll get out quick. But I tell you what, can we do some drills? Like, can I at least see some video of some drills. Will you grab like one of those jujitsu rag dolls and have to carry it out <laughs> of the house from a bed position? 
So again, we talked about the stress of all these plates. It's it's building over time. The fact that it occurred at 4.15 in the morning, the fact that there was an aftershock almost the same size as the earthquake itself, you know, nine hours afterwards, right as the light is falling again, you know, the fact that we're in a place with three large tectonic plates where they meet, so there's a lot of potential energy there. The fact that there were old buildings, certainly old construction, but an earthquake that already happened in Turkey in the late 90s changed building codes. So specifically, things built after like 99 were supposed to be actually really well built. They would have likely survived this, especially the large apartment complexes that pancaked on themselves. They were supposed to be built earthquake-proof. However... They had those standards laxed, and in a video that is now undoubtedly haunting him over and over again, Erdogan has a TV like interview in 2019 where he's like bragging as they're putting up all these big apartment buildings where he's like, oh yeah, I got rid of all these like bullshit regulations <laughs> so that we could build these faster because we needed a bunch of housing. Look how awesome I am. And those literally now they have like shots from the exact same vantage point and those buildings are collapsed and they were filled with people at 415. So Great example of why certain things are in place and you shouldn't excuse them when you're... By the way, I get it if you're like, hey, normally we have these regulations where you can't hook up to the city water system for 31 days because we want to flush out your interior pipes. But we know you got some people in there. We're going to knock this down to 15 days. We think we can do it just by flushing more water. That That's one thing. But when they're like, ah, fuck the steel reinforced concrete... I don't care about earthquake. It's like, that's a long-term problem, bro. That's not like a, eh, well, you know, in 30 days, no one's going to know the difference. You know, at the beginning of this episode, you called yourself the Erdogan of this show, and I agreed. Uh, 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 but in my head, I was like, I still think because he, you know, he, it, well, technically he has author very authoritarian uh, leanings. <laughs> he still is the leader of a democracy. <laughs> quote unquote, right. uh, but in the Eurozone, uh, I still think it's generous, but after hearing this, like, like uh, how this, I'm like, okay, I'm warming up. I'm warming up to Erdogan Bobby. I thought you were going to be like a Victor Orban, but now. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're actually, like just to kind of a show of force, they're prosecuting over a hundred of the contractors who built buildings not to code over the past few decades. Again, they're probably not mentioning the fact that Erdogan let them do it, but they are actually prosecuting them. Were the regulations laxed or not? That's bullshit. Yeah. This yeah. is hardworking contractors. <laughs> Um, by the way, earthquakes also destroyed not only all these people's houses, not only 45,000 lives, they also destroyed a ton of important historical sites in the area. Very, very long and rich history over there, so that really, really sucks. Some of this was due to building codes, some of it due to overcrowding, overpopulation. Also, by the way, there is just some geological things in addition to the fact that that's a meeting place of three different major tectonic plates. There's also the fact that they have soft soil, which tends to amplify and reverberate kind of earthquake waves as the seismic waves as they're going through the earth. And so it was a perfect storm of shittiness. And I'm so, so sorry for everybody who lives over there. And I, I don't think there's very many people, at least in the region where the earthquake went off, even if your home didn't get destroyed, I don't think there's very many people who didn't lose loved ones and work and everything so man that sucks i uh, i played uh, world of warcraft years ago back when i played world of warcraft uh with a guy from turkey uh from all the way wow. of, all the way across the sea our, our schedules lined up we took down arthas the lynch king r.i.p 
Uh, and I just hope that uh, I even, I forgot his name, but let's just call him like Dwarf King Four Twenty Sixty Nine. Um, I hope you're okay, bro. I remembered you liked you liked all the gay jokes that I said. To be fair, I think uh, both that name and those jokes could have actually gotten him prison time under Erdogan's regime. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Heart goes out to, to all you guys out there. Article number two, our expanding view of narcissists and what they want. Some of them might be have found their way onto a science education podcast. Here's the thing. A lot of people think it's me, but it's fucking Bobby. I'm telling you right now, it's Bobby. It's Bobby. He disguised himself. I'm being led away in a straitjacket as Bobby's like doing the laugh over my shoulder as a narcissist would. Uh, you're right, Damien. I do look good today. Uh, so this is really interesting to me <laughs> not because true. of my... It looks like shit. <laughs> this is interesting to me because of my belief that both like clinical and subclinical cluster B personality disorders, which narcissistic personality disorders are one of them, are the cause of a statistically huge amount of human suffering. I think it's one of the untold stories of our lives. It's one of the things we get wrong when we look at our worldview of how the world works and what's wrong and what's going wrong with society and stuff, so much of it misses this huge factor. Uh, so much of it, too, doesn't have to be a clinical level of narcissism, which is what we're going to talk about. And I do want to differentiate because a lot of times this gets mixed up. People will use the term narcissism or narcissistic to mean in a colloquial sense, as opposed to they have, you know, narcissistic personality disorder. Obviously, narcissism as a quality is a spectrum. We all are on that spectrum. We all have some level of it. But when it gets past a certain level of causing problems in your life, that's usually when it becomes part of a personality disorder, especially when it's very hard to treat and you don't seem to want to stop doing it. Now, some of those cluster B disorders also include things like antisocial personality disorder, which kind of encompasses what we think of colloquially as sociopathy and psychopathy and borderline personality disorder. A bunch of stuff that tends to have people act out, especially in personal relationships and personal lives, but also too in, in a criminal sense, in ways that are incredibly detrimental to society, both at the clinical level and again, the subclinical level. So even, even if we say here's a healthy level of narcissism and it's a it's two on a scale of 10 and eight or higher is narcissistic personality disorder, there's a lot of problems with sixes and fives, right? Like ones that aren't going to get yeah. diagnosed, but they are still too far on that spectrum to be healthy. What about, where does it fall in the spectrum? Uh, does it count as narcissism? Like my grandfather would be somebody guilty of this. Uh, but, you know, the old stereotype that a woman uh, don't call, even if your man is wrong, don't call him out too much on it. Uh, you have to feed that. He has to feel right. He has to feel uh, I think whatever. that's cultural, but I do think it plays into what could be part of, of like an increasing narcissistic culture, right? Like depending on what culture you're in, there is certainly that aspect. And that is, I think that's true of men of a certain age of, of most cultures. Just that was just the times, right? For, for being a year, for years before the internet, you could just lie. You could just be an yeah, old dude and yeah. lie. And I didn't realize, as a young guy, I didn't realize how many old dudes just lied to me nonstop. <laughs> Why Why is everybody a Navy SEAL? <laughs> wow, everybody has caught a 40-pound fish here but me. That's crazy. <laughs> if we look at, like, NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder, I'm just going to give you, like, the Wikipedia version of it. Personality disorder characterized by a lifelong pattern of exaggerated feelings of self-importance, an excessive need for admiration, a diminished ability or unwillingness to empathize with others' feelings. That's where it gets dangerous. 
and interpersonally exploitative behavior. So we sometimes talk about like a parasitic lifestyle. Narcissistic personality disorder is one of the subtypes of the broader category known, known as personality disorders. It is often comorbid with other mental disorders that are associated with significant function impairment and psychosocial disability. Because usually these people cannot maintain social relationships, but oh yeah, it's not just they can't maintain social relationships. Sometimes on the far end of that narcissistic spectrum, we see a ton of criminal acts. We see a lot of like sexual exploitation, sexual assault. We see that person who is caught on video beating an old lady up and telling the detective as he's being shown the video, I didn't do that. That's not me. Or like, if we have you. That's you right there. Well, yeah, but I didn't do that. And it's like, or there's a reason video. You, you walked in. There's always something. Yes, it's it's that it's that uh, Shawshank Redemption. Every man here is innocent. <laughs> there's yeah. no guilty man of Shawshank. Uh, if you look at the DSM, they say MPD has to possess at least five of the following nine criteria. One, a grandiose sense of self-importance. Two, a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Number three, believing that they are special and unique and can only be understood by or associated with other special or high-status people. Number four, requiring excessive admiration. Number five, a sense of entitlement. Number six, being an interpersonally exploitative, which is like taking advantage of other people. Number seven, lacking empathy. Number eight, being often envious of others or believing that others are envious of them. And lastly, number nine, showing arrogant, haughty behavior or attitudes. Again, everybody is somewhere on this spectrum. Everybody has different peaks and valleys and stuff. But a true person, true narcissistic personality disorder sufferer would not be able to really carry on relationships because of these qualities. That sense of self-importance will always make them feel insecure or, or do something shitty. Like that, that will be something they will never have a friend. They won't have a girlfriend longer than, you know, like a couple of months unless she will take abusive behavior. The sense of entitlement is usually what like pops out at us because as normal people, when we see that, it kind of tips something in your head. When you see somebody who's incredibly entitled, there is a part of your brain that recognizes each action they're taking as selfish, right? And that's something that people have described with people with MPD, whether it's like, man, they'll cut right through that neighbor's flower garden just because it's two seconds quicker for them, even though the neighbor, like, again, no empathy there and a sense of entitlement. Yeah, I want to walk. I want to cut across this. It's two seconds quicker for me. And who I wouldn't cares walk if she through spent... daisies or tulips, all right? But these are fucking azaleas. <laughs> I'll walk the shit over lazalea, azaleas. Try me. Try me again. Replant some azaleas. I'm cutting straight through. You're the asshole, not me. A really interesting article came out that starts looking at, at narcissism as being a little bit different than we thought. Again, it's still encompassed in a lot of the original ideas, but they're narrowing in on some of those personality traits. So here's a quote from the article. Narcissism does not necessarily represent a surplus of self-esteem or of insecurity. More accurately, it encompasses a hunger for appreciation or admiration, a desire to be the center of attention, and an expectation of special treatment reflecting perceived higher status. Interestingly, research finds many highly narcissistic people often readily admit to an awareness that they are more self-centered. A high level of narcissism, not surprisingly, can be damaging in romantic, familiar, or professional relationships. There's nobody at the comedy scene who could... Who could yeah. like, like, you're talking about them, like, yeah, I know some narcissists. I've, I've met a few at, at a mic oh. or two. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a great venue to see them. That's why there's a disproportionately high percentage of them, because it's a place where you go and people look at you. Like, yeah. 
It, there are people who just like the feeling of who I think are insane because I want to go on stage because I think I have a funny joke that I'd like to tell people so that they laugh. And that's what's fun for me is making people laugh. There are people and we have seen them. They have come to shows you and I have produced. And their thing is like, I'm just going to stand on this stage and this is going to be great. Everybody's going to be looking at me. And I'm like, that's the worst part of this whole thing. Yeah, the, the the concept that that they might be just wasting people's time or that they have a yeah. job while they're on that stage that's to make people laugh is to perform yeah. is foreign to them. Conversely, though, like because I know there are those people who like just don't realize what their job is. They just think like being silly on stage is the same as being funny. Yeah. Um, but 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 there are the people who will walk off and have been doing this for ten years. And and this is crazy. So if you're not in comedy. Please brace yourself for this for the type of psychopath that you be every day if you ever go to an open mic or if you go to an open mic you'll see them perform. These are people who've been doing it for ten years, have never made a motherfucker laugh in their life. But when they walk off, they will say to you with a straight face because they believe it in their heart of hearts that they just fucking killed. Like, yeah, hot audience yeah. tonight, right? Adam Roland. There's people who hear laughter that isn't there. And that is certainly going to be part of it, right? And like we used to think it was insecurity or just like kind of a weird broad lack of empathy or some kind of weird entitlement that was the heart of narcissism. And, and those are really more of just qualities. One of the things that these researchers did is looked at a large group of people and then gauged their narcissism level and then tried to see what it was that was actually driving them. And here's a quote from the article. What they really care about is navigating status hierarchies. They care about being better than other people. That makes sense. They care about other people respecting and admiring them. And they care about the benefits you get from being high status. So again, it's not saying like, I'm so self-centered or something. It's more about, I want to be on top. And I think this is really interesting and a really interesting differentiation to make because this ties it in a little bit more with that antisocial personality disorder that oftentimes we see has a strong need to dominate others. Oftentimes in that case, it becomes a physical thing where you want to physically dominate somebody. And that's where we get you know repeated offenders of, of violent acts, uh, especially sexual assault and stuff like that. So this is interesting because this is like an interesting tie in to what's underlying a lot of these cluster B issues. And I think this this kind of like subtle differentiation of not just a self-centeredness, so to speak, or even the lack of empathy, even anything else, the unabashed and total desire to navigate social hierarchies and get on top of people is it really makes it so much more similar to sociopathy and psychopathy and, and makes sense because all of those groups tend to fit in like serial killer statuses. Yeah. I mean, just anecdotally, like using that template to like, I, there are plenty of people in comedy who I, who, are, yeah. who fit that profile and, and yes, never have any friends. They're, they're, they're there to, to lord it over people. Yes. I completely like just it, it, a lot of things make fucking sense now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this was done on students. I always am a little bit wary of that because I want to see it on broader populations and stuff like that. Uh, so I never take anything too too solidly with this. But there is something there. There is a link there to what we're seeing going on in antisocial personality disorder with dominating other people, usually in a physical sense in that sense. It, it's almost like the, the narcissism trait is like the sometimes, because it's not always, sometimes less violent version of it. And just... 
super, super interesting. The reason I think this is important, the reason I think all of this is important is because I think these traits, those cluster B personality disorder traits, I think both the clinical and subclinical levels of narcissism, uh, of psychopathy and sociopathy, they are so much bigger part of our lives than we realize. They are so much bigger percentage of violent felons. When we look at repeated rapists and serial killers, they're almost all in that category. There is a tiny group of people. I want to make this really clear. There's a tiny percentage of human beings who fit into these categories. When you see somebody acting like an asshole online, they're usually just acting like an asshole online. They are not usually a, a technical narcissist. There is a tiny percentage of these people who are causing a significant amount of our problems. Makes perfect sense. Of course, a narcissist would, would be the one doing that. Could you imagine if like if uh, if Bobby, you were uh, it's like a Last of Us situation. You were yes. like pushed to the edge to where you need to take food from another family or commit yeah. a crime or do something. I, I feel I, horrible. I'd, I'd be I'd be saying sorry the whole time. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm like, do you still like me? Please, I need you to like me. Yeah. Please, do you still like me? Am I good? Yeah. It, it, it is. <laughs> It is such a big deal. And I think the entitlement aspect factors in a lot in terms of if somebody grows up thinking that they're deserving of something and then that thing is not there for them when they're grown up, I think there is a loss there. And some people navigate that and some people tend to slide down a narcissistic slope. And it doesn't mean they're always going to go into NPD. But frankly, again, if you're supposed to be a two on that spectrum and an eight is NPD and you're a six, you're still a fucking problem. And you're probably a horrible person. Everybody, Everybody's like, damn, that's the, that guy's the worst. But if you can move it, like if you could push that back, like as a as an individual, if you're subclinical, that is almost anybody can work on their personality, right? If they're subclinical, it's just much harder. I think it's important to think about when you're like raised as, as a parent. Like I want to make sure my kids don't feel that sense of entitlement. It's especially dangerous if it's a big dude. I'm gonna have two big ass boys. Like my wife's five ten, I'm six one. We're gonna have big ass boys. And like if you're a big ass dude and you think you're entitled to something, whether it's sex or or like a anything. Roller coaster rides, access yeah. to roller coasters. <laughs> Whatever it is. If you don't get it, you can do damage. And like that kind of entitlement can be super dangerous. And so there's a book called The Narcissism Epidemic. It's about how those numbers have shifted in the United States. This it was written in like 2009. It's probably dramatically different with social media and stuff. But the idea that we, that, that value can then, you know, when introduced too young and too often cause somebody a lot of trouble in their adult life. I mean, I know a lot of people who I don't think it's a genetic thing. I just think their parents love them too much. Like, I honestly do. I know that sounds crotchety and old man like, but like, I think there were a lot of people who never had a bad idea in their parents' mind, never did a wrong thing. And then you introduce them to normal adult criticism of like what's going on. And it seems like an attack. And man, you mentioned the comedy thing. I think that's where like 80% of them end up in the end is on a stage somewhere, usually ruining both of our nights as you are running the soundboards. Yeah. I mean, it's not just here. Like there's the stereotype of actors, the people who just like are in the same acting class for 20 years yeah. and are just ridiculous people, but they've built their whole fucking personality around this hobby. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those things that we can reset a little bit when we recognize it in ourselves, whether it's like entitlement or or something else. But also, it's one of those things where I don't think enough people recognize it in those around them and understand. They're like, I don't understand why my mother-in-law always like 
starts weird fights with my wife or, or like just something like that. You're like, oh, oh, I get it now. Like she gets off on, like she gets pleasure from the pain of others. And it's part of a personality disorder that makes her feel, you know, on top of a social hierarchy when she puts my wife down. Oh, I, I understand what's going on now. Oh, you've met my mother. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, Lauren hasn't, and that's that's awesome. But but as you're describing this, like no joke, you like uh, this personality disorder. You know, uh, this person who's who just is very exploitative of relationships and everything. Yeah. As you're describing this, like I was just thinking, like that's my fucking dad. I'm like, like you're oh, yeah? saying these like stories. I'm just like looking back through that lens. I'm like, oh, dad. <laughs> like I know that I almost hope. That I don't become that this podcast doesn't become famous or something because if my, if it ever gets out there, I will have my dad hitting me up for for a place to stay. But like, if I ever brought anything up, it would be my fault. It's like, listen, you listen. I'm going to be honest with you. You were a shitty eight year old kid, and I had no choice but to but to say fuck off to this family. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I'm kind of responsible for your success. If you think about it, I made you funny. Yeah. Hey, what kid, what name a kid whose dad hangs around they're funny that doesn't work out nah you're good you're good hey by the way P.S. I do think we should now start a, a like a marketing campaign that makes it seem like the podcast made it just to get him to come out of that woodwork <laughs> and then we do the thing where the same way they trick like Nigerian scammers where we make him do a series of of like increasingly weird things and take pictures of them in order to get into your good graces what if it's awesome? Like, yeah, a boy named sued you. You boy named sued me? Yeah, you're a white guy named Damien. Did that not work out? <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> but yes, I like this Nathan for you reality show where we basically fake success. By the way, we, that's not that they were we were motivated to promote the show before no. this there was this ulterior motive. No, no. <laughs> that's the only reason we actually got famous. Just because you've never met my dad, and this is just, and this mystery is killing you. Oh, thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction, where you learned all about the Turkey-Syria earthquake, and an exciting new article that gives us a better insight into narcissists. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 650. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to have sex with other people than your mother, and you kind of got in the way of that. There, I was honest. That's a load off my chest. Now, if you could just apologize to me for wasting so many years in my prime fucking years, then I think that I'll let you let me sleep on your couch. You've been listening to Science Function. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>